Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burles Berlin. Doc, what is up, man? I am, speaking of man, yeah. you know, I am feeling so manly today. Ooh. Um, you know, I know you normally start with a story, but I'm going to start with a story today. And my girlfriend Tell me. woke up. Work. She's gonna go to work. She comes back in like a minute after, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. She must have forgot something. She's complaining, telling me her tire, you know, oh. was flat. Oh no! And I was like, I was like, oh crap. You know, I didn't have time to do it in the morning, but I was like, look, when I come home, I'll do it. You know, I'll save the day. That's and, a fact. Um, you know, come home. We have to go through her trunk. She didn't even know the spare tire was in the trunk. It's in the floor, that's right? Okay. In the floor bed. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. It was hit. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So opened it up, put it on. I saved the day. Nice. You know, and you just you just you just feel like a manly man. Like I don't know much about cars. Yeah. Like, but I've changed a tire or two in my day, so it just that's right. Puts a little pep in your step on this one. Well, I mean, you, you gotta put I mean. you gotta put your weight into getting those lug nuts off. You know, you gotta. And and she saw that. She saw that and appreciated yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. And you gotta put your weight into. Uh, the scary thing though, you gotta make sure that Jack's in there fully under the car because you do not want to be leaning on a lug nut and then the car come flying off when you got half a tire off and then the car fall on you, tire fall off. Bad situation. So true. Bad situation. Not ideal. Good to hear though that you manned yourself up. You manned up. You did it. I will say, not calling Kayla out a little bit, but a little bit I am. What? Um, She she couldn't do, do anything during the middle of the day. Oh, come on. Well, you yeah. know, you know, we all we all work. I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm just, I like lunch, lunch time. Like, I mean, uh, just. Well, she didn't know how to do it, so that's the. I'm just saying, gender equality. The, the manly Kayla. boyfriend. I'm comes just in. saying, gender equality, <laughs> Kayla. Get it, get it, girl. Get some dirt under your nails. Do it. Anyways, anyways, Dave. I, I'm not even gonna ask because I know your week's been going great. You're changing tires. Yeah, You're man. being a man. Word. Um, exactly. But I will ask you. How's your week been? Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. Not bad. Um, we'll take it. You know, out there uh, looking for lunkers as far as the guest. Lunkers. What? Big time guest. Lunkers. <laughs> Tom Brady. I'm going to work my way back to him. Um, That's right. Dave, have you been on any foodie calls this week? I'm guessing not. Foodie since, calls? Since you're in a, in a committed relationship with Kayla. Yes. Foodie calls. Booty as in like buttocks? No, or foodie. as in like... F- foodie as oh, in cootie. food. As in something you oh. eat. Foodie calls. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I participate in foodie calls with Kayla. Well, okay. Okay. I get... I, mm, okay. So, technically, a true foodie call is where you go out with someone under the assumption that you'll get free food. And that's all you're doing it for. Oh. So oh. you're you're accepting or calling someone to be like, hey, you want to go out? And you're just like, sweet, I'm getting this food. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, nice. Now, Taking I, advantage of the system. Exactly. Okay. Now, as a reflection of past social norms, it's assumed that women are more often benefiting from these foodie calls than men. Now, Dave, I can honestly say I've never went on a foodie call myself. Nope. Um, yeah, I never have either. And, I mean... I don't know. There may be several women out there that have went on foodie calls with me, and I was unaware that that's what they were doing. So true. But I've never purposely went out on one. Uh, so there's new research out by Azusa Pacific University. And uh, in this research, they interviewed 357 heterosexual women, and uh, they answered a series of questions about their personalities, thoughts on traditional gender roles, and their personal foodie call history. Hmm. And interestingly, 33%, one third. One out of three. Admitted to engaging in at least one foodie call. Girl, come on! Yeah. Yeah. One third of ladies said they had been on a foodie call. And I got to tell you, this disgusts me. Yes! This disgusts me. No, it doesn't disgust me. It disgusts me <laughs> because we all know, Dave, I love food. So true. But. As do I. But you know what I love more than food, Dave? Not having oh. awkward, weird conversations with food. Thank you. Because yeah, awkward, weird conversations food. ruin good food. Yes! I am a firm, firm believer in this. Yes! Th th yeah. Think about some of the weirdest, some of the weirdest conversations and most boring conversations you've had in your life and say you can have a free meal for a year with that person, but you have to have your food with that person. Think about how horrible that is. Ew. Just think about that. No way I'm taking it. I will skip that meal. I will skip free meals for a year. No way. No way. I have a lion-like yeah. instinct. I see where you're going with that. I have a lion-like instinct when I'm eating. I do not want to be bothered. People walk up to me at a restaurant when I'm eating, and they're like, Hey, hey, is that Ben? And I'm like, <laughs> And I just start showing my teeth. And they're like, what the is wrong with them? stuff in you, your beard. You've, you've seen it, Dave. You've ate pizza with me. That's what happens. I, I, I attack mm. it. People know that I'm eating. I'm furious about the eating. I mean, and then let me go one, one thought deeper. Like, I started thinking about people going on blind dates on these foodie runs, and I'm like, oh, man, are you kidding me? There's no way I'd do that nonsense. Nope. No way. Like, you, like it's an interview. You're on an interview, and then you're ruining this mm -hmm. interview. You're ruining the food. I mean, oh, my God. Yes! It's so horrible. Listeners, if you're getting ready to go on a foodie run and don't want to ruin your food, just pull out a radio and turn up the Doc G Show. Just turn it oh, up. Yeah. Tell the, there you go. Tell the person you're a big fan of the Doc G Show. They should be too. And stop listening to whatever they're saying. And just hopefully they'll leave you alone. And you can eat your food in peace while I talk to you. How about that? That's a fact. How about For an that? hour and a half. Exactly. That's, yeah, that should be plenty of time. Dave are, some. Dave, are you ready to entertain them during their foodie run? Hmm. Dude, our conversations will be slightly less awkward than whatever they're about to have at dinner. So Just let's a, do this. a little bit. A little bit less. Let's fire it up. All three engines up and burning. 
two, one, zero, and liftoff. Uh, Dave, we have a fantastic show, obviously. Of course. We have Hyrie on the show. Are you aware of Hyrie? All right. Uh, a Filipino spitfire. Word. Um, she is fantastic playing reggae. I would like to say Hawaiian reggae. She really feels her Hawaiian roots. That's right. Born in Philip, uh, the Philippines, moved to Italy, moved to Hawaii, moved to California, and now she just she just dominates the earth with her with her reggae vibes. So true. And we're gonna have her on the show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah. All about that. Yeah. Uh, very excited. She's got her new album coming out. We're gonna hear some new. Uh, we're gonna hear a song from her new album, which is Dreamer. Her old album is Wandering Soul. We're gonna hear a couple of songs from that. She's on tour right now with Slightly Stupid, Modest Yahoo, and Tribal Seeds. So exciting! But first, we start where we start. Birthday suit. Give it to me. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Uh, Dave. We've got three pretty good birthday suits. Going to start out with a biggie. Okay. He's, a, he's a biggie. Uh, born on... Biggie Smalls? Not Biggie Smalls, no. Uh, don't know when Biggie's man. birthday is. Hmm. Don't know when it is. I don't know. I, I thought that was like a hint. Like, like I, a I could see like it. A, I could see it. You weren't trying to be a hint? Yeah. Um. I, no, I don't know when he was born. Nope. No, he's born in Brooklyn. Anyways, born on June 26, 1974 in uh, Pequinnock. Pequinnock Township in New Jersey? Is that how you say it? Pequinnock? Word. I don't know. Dave, uh, New it's Jersey? It's like P-E-Q-U-A-N-N-O-C-K. People love when I spell things. Pequinnock or something like that? I don't know. Anyways, who cares? A township from New Jersey. They haven't listened to the show. I haven't seen them once listen to the show, so it's not important. Nope. Uh, his parents met while serving in the United States Army, uh, Army, <laughs> Army in <laughs> Germany. Uh, his family loved baseball. Mom, dad, and sister, all big baseball fans. That's a fact. His father played for Fisk University in college. At the age of okay. four, our birthday suit wearer moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan, with his family, hmm. and he started mm-hmm. playing baseball roughly at the same time time. He ended up earning a scholarship at the University of Michigan for baseball. However, in 1992, the New York Yankees drafted him six overall, and he chose to go professional instead of going to college. He debuted for the New York Yankees in 95 and played 20 seasons as shortstop. He was a 14... 14- Is it a Jeter? Derek Jeter! Yes! Yes! Going on to be a 14-time All-Star, five-time World Champion, five-time Golden Glove Award winner, five-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and nicknamed Captain Clutch, Mr. Derek Jeter. Yes. Yes, indeed. Dude, that, it, it was close. It was either going to be A-Rod or uh, the Yankee, or um, Jeter, yeah. but A-Rod... Didn't A-Rod. start with the. Uh, I was about to say he bounced around Yankees, too many. So. Texas Texas Rangers, I do believe, was his first team. Dude, maybe? Jeter, uh, Rangers, yeah, like Mariners or yeah. no, just Rangers, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Jeter, man, <laughs> pro, you know, uh, pros pro, you know, happy birthday to him. Very professional, yeah, right? Now partially, partially owning the Miami Marlins. So there you go, there you go. Nobody likes their stadium. That's a fact. Nobody wants to no. go to their air-conditioned stadium. We read some comments from their stadium back in the day. Uh, Dave, 
I've got sad news. We're taking sad a news? week off of Millard still exist. That's right. No. That's right. You ran out of Millard. No, no. I believe me. And I'm I'm not just fronting right now. I've got them I've got them loaded, locked and loaded. But I feel like people are are just building up too much of a tolerance now for Millards. They're starting to take okay. Millards for granted. And obviously that's not what I'm out here trying to do. So true. So we're taking no, a we just need to We're taking a breather. A little cleanse. Yes, we're taking a breather. Yeah. We're not gonna get hyped on Millards today. But I tell you what we're gonna get hyped on. Ripping some headlines. Are you ready to do it? Oh, dude, rip it, man. Come on. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Uh, Dave, let's say hypothetically you were wanted on multiple charges. Hmm. Um, what do you mean hypothetically? Hypothetically. I, I'm not I'm not leading the cops to Never your mind. to your Never place mind. right now <laughs> to bust you. Um, Thank you. The cops are posting your pictures everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. What would make you turn yourself in? Hmm. A big reward. Mm, that's a good one. I was gonna say maybe like you're worried about your family safety. Maybe you're, maybe you had anxiety. You're waking up with the the cold sweats. Maybe you're worried about your safety. Mm. Or if you're like Jose Sims, maybe you wanted your wanted picture to get a lot of likes on Facebook. Word. Huh? Huh? Oh. Pretty nice. Okay. Pretty nice. Nope. So, uh, in Connecticut, Jose Sims, he's 29. He was wanted for seven counts of failure to appear in court. Jeez. Got to say, that's a that's, that's a lot a, of not appearing impressive. in court. That's uh, just just ignoring. That's a fact. Uh, he's taking the uh, current executive branch's uh, policy of ignoring the courts. I see. So true. Uh, this not appearing in court prompted the Torrington, Connecticut police to share his wanted poster on their Facebook page on May 22nd. Mm. And uh, Jose, he saw this. And for some bizarre reason, he decided he was going to call the police. And he called the police and he was like, hey guys, just to let you know, if my picture receives 20,000 likes, I'll turn myself in. Sweet. And this is my favorite part. What? Instead of the police being like, uh, no, somebody trace his phone and just go find him. Uh, the police countered and were like, uh, how about 10,000? Hmm. And Jose was like, mm, I don't think I can go as low as 10,000. Nope. How about 15? And they were like, okay, a happy oh compromise. They did Let's not do 15,000. <laughs> wow. So they agreed to 15,000. And then when 15,000 rolled around, the cops were like, hey, Jose, you got to turn yourself in. He's like, ah, mm, ah, I don't know. Nope. So he was about, to, he was about to, to, to go back on his agreement. Wait, what? And it took him until 27,000 likes. Then he's like, I'm just too loved by this public. They just love my wanted picture. I got to turn myself in. And he actually showed oh, up love my at 27,000 <laughs> likes. I like I don't I don't really know what he's thinking there because like you can't think that people are liking your picture. Nope. They're liking that you're wanted. Like they could just be They're liking like, that you're gonna be in jail. In ja- after yeah, they like the ex- picture. exactly. Like I don't know. Like, come on, I don't really know what Jose was thinking there. But regardless, Jose is now in jail. That's a fact. So good luck, 
good luck with uh, fighting those uh, not appearing in courts. Uh, He's going to end up being a model just like that one guy who went famous from his mugshot. That's true. Being uh, the viral picture. So. That's true. That's true. Uh, Dave. He's thinking ahead. He's thinking ahead. We've talked about a, a lot of unruly passengers on airlines, right? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a fella spraying the unknown liquid on people. Ew. Um, we had several <laughs> multiple drunk guys. That's right. Uh, we had Always. the Chinese dude that didn't know it was a bad idea to throw pennies in the engine. Um, mm. Well, apparently, they never reached the unruliness of this passenger. Nope. Uh so, Uh-oh. so Jet Two. Have you ever heard of Jet Two? It's a British airline. Hmm. Apparently, no, I haven't. Jet Two is sort of like their Jet Blue. It's like a very cheap airline. Uh, um, okay. And they had a flight this past weekend from uh, London to Dalaman, Turkey, and a woman became extremely unruly. Word. Apparently, she assaulted two people, and she was endangering the whole flight of the aircraft. She became okay. so unruly that the Royal Air Force was enlisted and flew two fighter jets to escort the flight back to London. Wait, what? And once the aircraft oh, returned to England, the woman was arrested. And I've I got to say, that's pretty intense. Yes! Like, oh, yeah. if I'm on a flight and I'm jamming out to tunes... And I look out the window, and there's two fighter jets on each side mm-hmm. of the plane. I'm like, uh... Wait, what? Do those have friendly flags on them? They better have friendly flags on them. That's... Oh, okay, it's a British... Okay, it's a British... Okay, we're all right. We're all right, everybody. Uh, <laughs> what's going on here? Like, I mean... And then, what are the jets really doing? Because, like, they can't really do anything. I mean, it's not like the pilots are going to jump out of their jet onto this plane and be like, hey, lady, knock it off. <laughs> All right? Right. And then, I mean, because then, like, the only other option is they're going to do something to your plane. And I got to be honest. If I'm one of the other the other passengers on the plane, I'm like, lady, if you get our plane blown up, <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed off. So true. I'm going to be dead, and I'm going to be so pissed off as well. Like That would be such a crazy story. Like, so, yeah, yeah, like, you get on the ground, and people are like, hey, I thought you were going to Turkey, and you're like, well, I was until this cat got us turned back around and almost shot by these fighter jets. Jeez. Like, man, lady, calm it down on the plane. Uh, Dave, have you ever been to Statesville, North Carolina? Not that I can remember. You might have gone through Statesville. That's a fact. Uh, uh, Interstate 77 goes right through Statesville. Uh, okay. Anyways. Possibly then. Statesville, shout out to Brad Deal. What up, Brad Deal? Shout out, um, Brad Deal. There's a there's a camping world in Statesville, and nice. Camping World has a very, very large American flag. That's a fact. Um, okay. You would have seen it if you have gone through 77 in Statesville. It's very big. Okay, it's it's ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's eighty feet long, uh, which nice. is pretty ridiculously huge. 
So last May, the city council voted on an ordinance deciding whether the flag could be flown or not. Hmm. They decided five to three, the flag could not be flown. Nope. And for every day that Camping World Hmm. did not comply, they would face a $50 fine. Well, Camping World was not taking this lying down, and they were not listening to the city council. And Camping World has flown it since then. Camping World has amassed well over $10,000 in fines for not taking their flag down. Jeez. And uh, the CEO of the company, Marcus Lamonis, said he'll pay the fines the city is demanding, but will not take his flag down. He said he's willing to go to jail over this debate. That's right. Gonna be, wow. Gonna be honest, Marcus. That seems a bit extreme. So true. Seems, Very extreme. Seems a bit extreme. How about this? How about this, Marcus? 40-foot flag. Hmm. That's still that's still pretty big. That's a big flag. 40-foot. That's, that's bigger. Is it just because of the size? Yeah. Yeah. Just because of the size. I mean, Marcus, if you had a 40-foot flag, we'd still know you love America. Yes! And America, guess what? would still love you right back. Yes! You see, Marcus, it's not about the size with America. It's how you use the flag. Word. At least that's what oh. I've been told by the ladies. That's what they told me. <laughs> uh, Dave, let's stay, yes, in Nor- let's stay in North Carolina. Um, okay. Ha- have you ever been to Wendell, North Carolina? Hmm. No. I don't think I've ever been to Wendell, actually. It's right outside of Raleigh. Um. Oh yeah, I've never been there. Now I've been to Raleigh, but I've, I don't know if I've ever been to Wendell. Uh, nonetheless, there's a uh, recreational private pool there. You know, it's a pool. Okay. It's not owned yep. by the county. Uh, yep. uh, private citizen owns it. Lets it's people go, lets people go there. You know, for money, obviously. Um. Mm-hmm. So the private pool owner John Freeman, uh, he's getting some flack for what many are calling racist rules. Hmm. Um, yeah, not good. Uh, so on his list of rules, he's got a long list of rules at the pool, and uh, number seven, number seven on the list says, no baggy pants, no dreadlocks, weaves, extensions, or revealing clothing will be permitted or you will be asked to leave. Hmm. This is... Uh, wow. This is the uh, racist rule, which you can, uh, you know, surmise why uh, some people see it that way. Freeman said he doesn't want people walking around in front of children with their britches down. And yes, he said britches. That's a fact. And doesn't want artificial hair stuck in his pump, causing the pool to shut down for three days for maintenance. Hmm. Which, I will say, okay, that's an okay argument. However... It makes the rules much more noticeably uh, noticeably racist when you put them together. That's a fact. Right. You put them all together in one rule, Mr. Freeman. That's what makes it look racist. I'll give you for... An, well, uh, 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 what are you going to say, Dave? Well, I was just going to say, you know, I have a large background in pools and working That's pools. That's true. And yes. it's, it's really common to have, like, the no 
you know, baggy pants and the no, like, no articles of clothing other than, you know, bathing suit or whatever. Yeah. But, like, when you lump it together. Yes. And and you could have, and he could have had the no artificial hairline. Right. But to say, like, no dreadlocks, which is just a style. Right. You know? Right. So, so mm, let, not me, a good look. let me give you, for an instance, if I went into a gym, right? Let's say I was going to Swole Town. Um,. And there was a list of things in this gym that people couldn't have or do. And it was like, mm-hmm. number one, no long hair. It will get caught in the machines. Then, right. then there are a couple more rules. Number seven, no no nose rings. They get hung on towels. There are a couple more rules. And it was like, ten, no beards for sanitary conditions. Then no more rules. I probably would have stopped reading after the for- first rule and been like, what a weird gym. And then I would have left because I had long hair. And I was like, yeah. But if if I read the first rule, and the first rule says no long hair, beards, nose rings, or radio hosts allowed in this gym, I'd be like, hey, gym have against me? What's going on here? Right? Exactly. That doesn't make sense. Come on. Come on. Freeman, make, make, make rules that make sense. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Make fair rules. Yeah, fair rules. Fair rules indeed. Uh, Dave, you remember how uh, Australia never wants to be outdone when it comes to frightening stories, especially about animals? That's right. Yep, I remember. Uh, And do you remember the story back in March about the spider that we had in Peru that ate a possum? Ew. Oh, God, yeah. Well, once... I don't want to remember, but I do. Well, once again... Not to be outdone in creepy animals, an Australian spider has been videoed eating a pygmy possum. Ew. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. First of all, gross. So true. Second, yeah. what's the deal with spiders preferring possum, possums? Girl, come on. Out of, out of all the possibilities, like they've got all these different things, and they're like, you know what I'm going with? Possum. Is there something? Mm, is there possum for lunch? Is there something I don't know about possum meat that's better than other meat? I don't know. We'll have to look at it over the break. Apparently, for spiders, it's gross, man. This spider, I actually will say, might be even grosser than the Peru spider, because this one's what they call a huntsman spider, and they're just they're they're all legs and they're creepy. They got like a crab look to their front. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, no, thank God. you. You're describing my worst nightmare. It's very gross. It's very oh. gross. Um, Dave. And it's massive. It's massive. It's massive. Its <laughs> legs go out to the size of a dinner plate. That's usually how they describe it. A full dinner plate. Oh. Disgusting. Uh, let's move oh. on before we both die of uh, disgust. Um, yes, please. Dave, big news. Big news. Uh Uh-oh. Big breaking news. She's back. Mm. Julia. Yes, she is. Hurricane Hawkins. That's right. If you don't remember Hurricane Hawkins, she blew up the media last year. We talked about her last year for winning the Senior Masters 100-meter and 50-yard dash in 100 years and older group. That's right. Oh, yeah. She's back. This past weekend, she won gold once again. 50-meter dash, 100-meter dash. Double at 103 years old. Yes. Now, Dave, Dave, before we go any further, I do want to clear something up about 
calling her Hurricane. Hmm. Um, okay. Here's what she told Sarah Mervosh of the uh, New York Times. Uh, Mervos asked how she got the name Hurricane. And she said, well, somebody thought it up. We talk a lot about hurricanes in Louisiana. And the fact that they do a lot of harm makes me not like it as much. Hmm. But it's part of our home life. And I guess if they think that's cute, it's all right with me. But I'm a big flower person. I usually wear Hmm. a flower in my hair, even when I'm running. I would rather be the flower lady than hurricane lady. Well, you got it, Julia. It's flower lady Dawkins. Julia Flower Flower Lady Dawkins. That is right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Rolls off the tongue. Woo! I'm almost... I'm I'm more excited. (laughs) I'm more excited about Julia than I am of a Millard. I said it. I said it. I know. I I didn't think it was possible. Ah, Man, when she was asked about her performance, she said, I'm thrilled I did as well as I did, but I didn't do as well as I have done. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm older or... Or maybe it was the atmosphere. <laughs> Word. Yeah. We'll go with the atmosphere. It yep. couldn't have been her getting older. Yep. Flower Lady Dawkins, definitely the atmosphere. A young spry lady of only 103. There's no way that could exactly. slow you down. I, I feel no, like... That's, I, that's I, the only possible variable was this, the setting. I feel like most people consider that middle age. That's a fact. I mean, 103, yep. basically, from what I'm calculating. Uh, and Dave, one other thing I, I took notice. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched the video, and it got a close-up of her on the starting line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I will say, in case anybody's out there was wondering, she didn't start from blocks. So, just upright position for Julia. Um... She was wearing New Balance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense, man. Yeah, Kawhi. All the champions wearing New Balance. Flower Lady. They're all wearing it. They're all wearing it, man. The New Balance train. Get on it. All right, Dave. We're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our special guest, Tyree. Little Tyree. Yes, yeah. sir. This is off of her older album, Wandering Soul. This is Renegade right here on the Doc G Show. Let's 
Heaven and grace it takes to be I'm on the road, passing through, searching for a higher love, yeah. Empty me with the romance I miss so much now. Nah. I will not settle for anything less than the heart in my breath. Pull my ankle from the depths, find a cure for my mind on this trail. On the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave, hmm, guys, 
I know you're listening to us on all these, you know, podcasting apps. Mm-hmm. So check out our website too. You know, you can listen to us from where you're at work or whatever. www.thedocgshow.com or if you're too lazy to put the just docgshow.com, type it in. Yeah. Um As and then all the, the podcasting show. apps, you know. Mhm. So mm-hmm. you know, Apple Apple Podcasts, um SoundCloud, uh iHeartRadio, um that's it all of it i agree uh and i wholeheartedly agree with wasting your time at work listening to the show nothing better that's a fact jalen and jacoby endorse it i definitely endorse it waste your time at work listening to us it's fantastic i got i got a lot of buddies that say that's that's the way to go so you know 100 percent. listen to the doc g show you should too 100 percent, man uh first off dave uh before we 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 totally immerse ourselves into shout-outs, mm-hmm. I need I need to say I'm a little nervous. Um, Maputo listened. Uh-oh. They listened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't as many lessons. <gasps> Don't give Maputo up on us. Maputo is letting us down. Don't give up on us, Mozambique. We love you guys. Yes! We love you yes, guys. We love you. And yes! I'm going to prove it. I'm going to give a little Mozambique news right now. Um, okay. And this is a tad frightening. This is true. Word. Uh, this is this is very true, and it's very frightening. Word. Apparently, okay. uh, five bald men have been killed in Mo- Mozambique uh, because there's an idea out there that witch doctors have uh, started that mm-hmm. that they say bald men have gold in their head. Wait, what? And it can be extracted. After they're killed, hmm. I'm not. I'm not making this up. Came from the BBC. Unless the BBC is lying to us, which I haven't known them to do that, and the Maputo police. So, I'm gonna go ahead and let any Mozambique listener know I have a doctoral degree in physiology. So true. And nowhere in my education did we learn that bald men have gold in their head. Nope. Not a thing. Just go ahead you know, and put that out there. Not a thing. You think they would have learned after the first guy didn't have gold? Hmm. Well, I'm was, guessing. You know, I'm guessing. True. Maybe different groups. You know, different different okay. groups looking okay. for this gold. Um, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, keep listening, Mozambique, and don't murder bald men. Yes. Don't, don't do it. Don't luckily, do it. Luckily, Dog G has a full head of hair. L- I'm Lots trying. I'm trying to hold on to it. Um. Listen to the show. Don't kill bald men. Yes! That's what I got for you. Okay, you let's go. continue on to the other shout-outs. Shout-out uh, shout out first to one of our other groups that we love, Omberg, Germany. Thanks for the listen. Yes, we love Omberg. Shout-out. Uh, go to the West Coast. Shout-out to Redding, California. Shout-out. Redding. Okay, I feel like we've had Redding. Okay. We, I think a little bit, yes, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Montreal, Canada. Shout out. Ah, hey, Canada. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Knoxville, Tennessee. Shout out. Wow. All right. Go Vols. Yeah, yeah. Knoxville. Nice place. I like it. Pretty rocky there. Mm-hmm. Uh, rocky top. Yeah. Shout out to Piedmont. South Carolina, Piedmont, right outside Piedmont. of Greenville. Yeah, I've definitely been through. Right. Shout out. Definitely been through. Shout out to Gladstone, Virginia. Shout yes. out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gladstone. Yeah. Shout out to Genoa, Italy. 
Yeah. Genoa, uh, on, the, on it again. That's what I'm talking about. That's it. If they keep going, I, I, I'm not threatening at all because we love all of our listening. But I might start adding some Genoa news. It might happen. It might happen. Yeah, I mean they keep, you know, they keep the, the they keep they, it going and they'll they'll earn it. They're gonna earn some. They're gonna earn some news. And they're like, oh, I don't want to learn news about my place. Don't tell me news about. I don't care. Nope. Uh, and a correction on the shoutouts. I'm stupid. Yeah. I said Emily was from Bluefield. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Emily's out of Bristol. Bristol. Shoutout. Bristol, Jeez. Connecticut. She, uh, yeah, no, no, what, no, 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 Bristol, Virginia. I got it wrong. She, oh. I was thinking Bluefield, West Virginia, Bristol, Virginia. Listening to the pod, she was like, what the crap? I'm not from Bluefield. Dumb. Had to correct me. Don't Idiot. worry, I'm correcting it. Bristol. Uh, thank you for all the listeners, folks. Um, Thanks, guys. Dave, birthday suit, number two. There we go. Here we go. Uh, born in Oak Park, Illinois, our birthday suit wearer loved basketball and from a young age played almost uh, constantly. Yes! He was teammates with NBA player Evan Turner in middle school, and by high school mm. he was highly recruited, and he ended up going to Georgia Tech. On March 8, 2011, he declared... Derek Favors? Nope. Uh, March 8, mm. 2011, he declared for the NBA draft. In his junior year, he was drafted by the New York Knicks, 17th overall. Mm. In 2015, he was traded mm. to the Cleveland Cavaliers and won one championship with them in 2016. Last year, he was traded to the Sacramento Kings and then, after only a year, was traded to the Houston Rockets about four months ago. I'll give you a hint. He's got a flat top. I'm going to say, uh, dude, I was just going to say that. Amon Shumpert. There you go. There it is. I was. I got a little worried. You seemed a little like you were I, You were working there. I gave you a clue. Amon Shumpert. I was, going yes. through my, I was going through my trade rosters from that uh, championship team, but... I, I forgot, dude. The the pictures of Amon Chumpert at Georgia Tech without the flat top to like now, yeah, a totally different person. Yeah, it's sort of like Harden without the beard. You're like, what? Exactly. Huh? They're just not the same guy. Yeah. Well, uh, he's uh, it's his birthday. Yeah. Live it up. Live it Happy up. Happy birthday, Amon Chumpert. That man, that man's gonna have a good time, I'm sure. That's a fact. And now he's uh in Houston, so he's gonna have a good time in Houston. Uh, Dave, speaking of the NBA, it's about to get wild. It's about to get wild. Oh, yeah. In a, in a mere four days, free agency starts. It's going to be madness. Crazy. Durant, Kawhi, Kyrie, Butler. So many names. So many names. But along with the changes, uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, along with the, the, the roster changes, there's some other changes going on as well. So true. One team yep. in, partic in particular... They're changing stadiums. Say what? The Golden... Oh, yeah, I saw the Warriors. Golden State Warriors. They're changing from Oracle Arena, which has been mm. their home arena 48 years. Crazy. Crazy. In, in light of these changes, Dave, I thought we'd check out the reviews for Oracle Arena in a little segment we call Why Would You Review That? Why Would You Review That? Did somebody tell him this is a really bad idea for a segment? They did, and he didn't care. <sighs> All right, it's time for Why Would You Review That? 
All right, Dave. So we have some good reviews. Uh, several people obviously have reviewed the Oracle Arena, seven thousand six hundred ninety-three to be exact, with an average rating of four point four. But of course, we want to see what the one stars have to say. So true. Oh yeah. So let's start with Alexis Peaches. Yes. You know, hold on. Before we start, you know, the late the Warriors of the past like five years have won like ninety percent of their games. Yes. So I'm I'm gonna go you know on a little bit of a you know stretch here and say some of these bad reviews happened during the few times in the last five years that they lost. So mm, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. So let's start with Alexis Peaches. Yes, Alexis Peaches. Peaches. Quote, I went to Disney on Ice, Word. and even though the website mm. says they accept strollers, they tried to charge me $10 for storage. Oh, come on. Mm. All right, Alexis. Can't do that. Alexis, they accepted your stroller, though. That's a fact. They just accepted it for $10. That's like saying, I went to this restaurant, and they said they had food, and then they charged me $10 for the food. What? Yeah. That's what they do. How dare they? That's what they do, Alexis. It's an arena. They're going to rip you off. You got to be ready for that. Dude, on everything. Yes! Ugh. Uh, okay, let's go on to Steve John Mack, the three-namer. Steve John Mack. Uh, Steve John Mack Steve says... John Mack. Or SM, SJM. That's what I call him. SJM. Yeah. Uh, Boy. Quote, it was a raining night when I went to see the Warriors against the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. End quote. Hmm. <laughs> yep. See, it wasn't a good... I was close. You know, first, they, first, they probably won that game, but... <laughs> first of all, he didn't even say rainy night. He said it was raining night. Hmm. It was raining night. When I went to see the Warriors against the Pelicans. And it's not the stadium's fault that you chose a boring game to go on a rainy night, Steve. Come on. Nope. Come it was on. probably cheaper. That's why he went. Exactly. We'll just choose to go on a not on a, on a not cheaper night. Spin, spin the dough, SJM. Spin the dough. Uh, okay. Now we're going to move on to Satyan Dingra. Satyan Dingra. She said, quote. Oh, he sounds like a bandwagon fan. Said, quote. Rip-off joint. Hmm. Uh, went there for a Warriors game. Paid $15 for a glass of beer. Never going back. Love the Warriors. Hate how Joe Lacob wants to rip off people since he doesn't have enough billions yet. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna... I'm sorry you had to pay $15 for a beer. Uh, you've got two options. And you don't get a glass. It's plastic. That's true. Uh, here's your two options. Um, don't buy the beer. Or two, buy the beer at home, watch on TV. Uh, and sneak it in. <laughs> As a general rule, most owners of sports teams never feel they have enough money. Nope. I'll just go ahead and let you know that. Their mm -hmm. object in life is to take advantage of people. That's what they do. Just so you know. Just in case you didn't know. Um... Okay, let's move on. Sandra Vasconcelos. Uh, Sandra says, quote, I did not have a good experience tonight. Jeez. Everyone was smoking inside 
even in front of security, and they didn't do anything about it. Had to sit outside to enjoy the concert. Oracle Arena should have a disclaimer that lets people know you will be exposed to secondhand ex- uh, smoke and exposure to marijuana. By the way, it's illegal in California to smoke inside a place. End quote. Hmm. Everyone, Sandra, everyone, it's a little bit of a hyperbole, right? Literally everyone. Not everyone. Her. Not everyone. Well, let's see how Hil- Hillary Hale answers that quote her response quote no smoking no re-entry fix that whoa hillary are you going to the same place sandra is because sandra it seems like a very advantageous place for smokers that she's going so wherever you're going you need to go where she's going in oracle arena because they are getting their smoke on everywhere uh she's missing out okay Okay, let's go to our last one. Last uh, last quote here. Ryan Dewan for a one star here. Quote, I got to the game and I was sitting next to a freaking diabetic. Wait, what? Can't believe they let him come in because he kept on pricking his finger and complaining to me about his freaking blood sugar. Hmm. Also, at one point in the game, he had to stand up and give himself insulin. He made a huge scene about it and ruined the whole experience. Until Oracle bans diabetics, I will never attend an event there again. Hmm. Um. Wow. (laughs) Ryan, I'm going to be honest. I would be okay with your response if the person had Ebola. That's a fact. That would be an understandable <laughs> response. I will go ahead and say if the person was bleeding from their eyes and they said, hey, I've got Ebola, I would be pretty upset like you. <laughs> um, not a proper response for a diabetic. Nope. Gonna be honest. Not a proper response. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and say there's probably a better chance of you being banned from Oracle than diabetics being banned. So true. Just going to go ahead and say that. Just just for future reviews, you may get heckled. Just letting you know. Just going to throw that out there for you, Ryan. Yes! Uh, Dave, are you ready? We're going to take a break. Yeah, I, I'm ready for another hit, man. Another jam. We're going to hear boom fire right here. On the Doc G Show from High Re off a of wandering soul. When we come back, I'll be with High Re right here on the Ooh. Doc G Show. Boom. Precious to me Come with me, love 
This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. And we are back right here on the Doc G Show. Today, we are joined by fantastic artist Trish Jetton, better known as Hyrie, lead singer of Hyrie. Trish, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so now I gotta, the first thing I've got to ask about, um, and I wondered this ever since I started listening to your music, uh, did you start out with the name as Hyrie, and then people started calling you Hyrie, so you were like, okay, I guess I'm Hyrie too. Hmm. Like, or was it, <laughs> was it you were gonna be Hyrie and the band was gonna be Hyrie too, because I was, I was confused. Yeah, yeah, it's the latter. So I... When I started Hyrie, I kind of thought of that as my stage name. You okay. Know? Kind of like my, my alter ego. Yeah. And once the band got put together, it didn't feel like Hyrie and something. It just was Hyrie. Like, all of us were Hyrie. So yeah, okay. It's still kind of, like, complex to this day. We're just, I'm Hyrie, we're Hyrie, we're all Hyrie. Yeah, okay. Because at first, I was like, I was like, was it one of these things... It's like the Rolling Stones and somebody coming up to Mick Jagger and be like, "Hey, Rolling Stone!" And they're like, "What? No, that's right. I'm a Mick. What? Okay, so everybody's yeah, sure. Hyrie. More people call me Trish now, which is great too. You uh, know, okay, more personal. Either one, either one works. I got it. Uh, so let's start a little bit about you. Uh, first, you were born in the Philippines, which, uh, fun fact, my co-host Justin Evangelista, who's not on this interview. He is Filipino as well. He always reps the Philippines. Hey. Yeah, and uh, so I would have let him on the interview, but he has a tendency of screwing things up in interviews. So, you know, we, <laughs> we just leave him off the interviews. Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you moved to Italy. Uh, you were there for several years, and then you, uh, you ended up in Hawaii. And Hawaii is where the music really started to take shape for you. Uh, what, what's the music scene... For us mainlanders, what's the music scene like in Hawaii? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's predominantly reggae music or island music. Um, you know, the radio stations all, you know, like 80% of them play, re- play reggae. Mm-hmm. So that's what we grow up with. And then on top of that, you know, in school, I, I believe it was for a majority of the public school, it's mandatory to learn how to play um, ukulele. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned how to play the ook. I I want to say the earliest record I have was about third, third or fourth grade. Okay. That you know they were basically introducing us to the instrument and teaching us how to play our first song. And in Hawaii, music is really it's a huge part of our childhood. So you know we have this thing called Kani Kapila, which is basically like you know you you get in a in a group of friends and you you play music and you're usually you know at the beach or you're. You're around a barbecue, a bonfire, and you're and you're jamming music, and it's like you're eating and you're playing music. What? And that's like Connie Kapila style, you know. Man, that's so cool. Yeah. That was I was actually getting ready to to bring that up. I, I had two things. First, uh, why haven't more Hawaiians told us mainlanders that we're pronouncing ukulele wrong? Because hmm. we we say it like idiots. We're over here saying ukulele. <laughs> And it's just, and then all of a sudden I saw you in an interview be like, ukulele. And I was like, oh my God, that's so much cooler than the way we say it. Why don't we say it like that? I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like you, you have to, you know, you have to be immersed in, in a culture before you can truly understand how, how mm. something is. And then not everything is, is right. I mean, even I say Hawaii, but it, it should be Hawaii, you know, mm. and it's like, 
you don't really hear it like that. I mean, in, in no. Hawaii, people say it like that, but um, no. ukulele, yeah. And then, you know, the ukulele actually comes from Portugal, I believe. Mm. Mm. Um, and ukulele stands for jumping speed. So, like in Hawaii, when, um, you know, we would have headlights, it's called uku. Mm. Man. You know, you have ukus, which are, which are the which are the sleeves, and then basically ukulele means jumping sleeves. <laughs> That's awesome. Because the strings, when you pick them, I guess it, it's supposed to it's supposed to remind you of sleeves jumping. Yeah. <laughs> makes it makes sense. Here, I mean, here I was learning long division like a chump in school when I should have been in Hawaii <laughs> learning how to play instruments. Right? Jeez. Exactly. Uh, it, Everybody only knew. I know. Exactly. Well, then the island would probably be too full. So it's probably, you know, I mean, I don't know if we could handle all the mainlanders on Hawaii. Might get a little <laughs> full then. Yeah. Um, in an interview with Michael uh, Franti, uh, he asked you uh, when the first time you made a song was, and you said seventh grade, and uh, it was it was about a, a breakup, uh, middle school breakup, and he said, "Do you think you could sing some of the song for me?" And I was like, "Oh, come on, Michael! Wait, what? Seventh grade? She's not gonna remember that." He's so good, right? He's so funny. But then, but then you then you sang it. You just belted out, and I was like, "What?" She remembered it that well. Like I was, I was very impressed that you remembered that song. And and I gotta ask, did the boy you wrote the song about? Did he ever actually hear the song? Hmm. Hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if that person necessarily thought it was about them. But oh, okay. Heard it because because sure. I gotta be honest. If I was that guy and I heard that, I'd be like, oh my god, I feel like such a piece of crap. What? Jeez, that is way right? over over me. Jeez, uh, yeah. what did I do? <laughs> That's intense. Yeah. Well, speaking of Hawaii, uh, we've had uh, the Common Kings on. Uh, we had them a couple weeks back, and um, love the Common Kings. Yeah. And when I interviewed those guys, uh, it seemed like those guys knew everyone. On whole, uh, on the islands. That's a fact. Like, cause I, I was like looking at their their pictures, and they had pictures of them, the Rock, and them, and and Jason Momoa, and I was just like, did yeah? Are there like fifteen people on this island? How how do you know every <laughs> single person? Did you know the Common Kings growing up? Were were they in this? Were you in their circle of friends? Hmm. Um, no, I, I, I think I, I, I came up a lot later, and, and like I said, I moved away when I was 18. Mm. So I I think I missed, I missed the scene because mm. I, I wasn't experiencing it. I wasn't, I wasn't allowed in these clubs <laughs> and things like that. In fact, you know, like the, the concerts I did attend, usually I had to sneak in. So, yeah. um, Common Kings were after me, and they're actually from, I believe they're from Orange County. They're from yeah. LA. Oh, yeah. They, they moved later. So yeah. I'm not surprised how well connected they are. They've been they've been at it for a while now. You know what I mean? Like their their yeah. biggest hits came out. I don't know how long it's been. You know, it's like five plus years. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, they they absolutely smash. You know, they they write great music. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of those guys, and and a lot of the newer reggae, uh, sort of included with yourself and who you're on tour with now, uh, slightly stupid, and uh, groups like that. Um, it's what actually Uncle Lou he described it as sunshine reggae. And uh, last week on the show we had David Hines of uh, Steel Pulse. And nice. uh, yeah, and uh, you know, lucky enough to have that guy. I've been going for forty four years or yeah, forty four years. Yeah. And you know, still Pulse had a message and and uh, a political message and a, a societal message, and it was really politically driven when they started. And I ask him, you know, old reggae, that's what it was all about. It was socially conscious, politically driven. And I was like, you know, this newer music, the Common Kings and, and, and High Re and Slightly Stupid, there's a message, but it's more of a positivity message. You know, it's just, it's 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 happy and it's explaining your life. Um, and I asked him if he had a, a, a problem with that shift. And he said, no, I don't have any problem with it. It's expanding the music. And I wanted to see it on the other side. Did you feel... Like, uh, did you feel a pressure when you got into reggae message to have a uh, a message? Did you feel like I I've got to have I got to have this societal message in my music? I think that the pressure comes not from your message as much as you know where where you came from because we didn't obviously experience the sort of oppression that Steel Pulse was inspired by. And I, you know, I'm familiar with their with their backstory and how their parents were really disappointed when they basically tore them from, you know, a life of whatever, you know, that they were scared their kids were going to endure, brought them, you know, all the way to England, and mm-hmm. then their kids somehow still found their roots and culture out there and, and, and sang about the oppression that they felt. And, you know, I, I think that there's just a cultural shift of, of you know, the West Coast reggae, especially, that they want to write music that makes people feel good because that is what reggae did for us. You know, yeah. as, as a younger generation, we listen to No Woman, No Cry. We listen to, you know, One Love, Three Little Birds, and, and of course, all the all the politically driven songs as well. But I'm sure what we took from it, especially me living on an island and, and living under the sun, I couldn't relate as much to songs like you know, Buffalo Soldier and, you know, like, um, Dreadlocks Can't Live in a Tenement Yard, you know, like, mm-hmm. I was more listening to The One Love and I was at the and and that's why that inspired music I write. And yeah. I'm not saying that all my songs are, are happy and, and, you know, I, I, I do aim for positive messages, but a lot of the, a lot of the songs we write to are posing just simple questions, like, is this the world we want to live in? Are we happy? You know? Yeah. And um, I, I'm i totally happy to be part of part of the shifting music, but mm. I, I do have an immense and deep respect for roots music and, and the culture in which this all stems from. And I think that the judgment normally comes from, I think, younger generations of roots artists that are looking at us going, why are they having success playing this yappy west coast music and here i am keeping it traditional and i'm not getting as much love well they must be haters or something and it's like totally the opposite we just we grew up in a different era and a different in a different environment and i i have so much respect and and i feel you know a lot of empathy towards you know other 
other countries and other other religious oppression and things like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really grow up with with a lot of it. I mean, for me, the most time I'm dealing with is maybe sexism. You know, and yeah, that's that's another thing. You know, oh, why why is she successful? Is it because of the way she dresses? Her heels? Mm-hmm. You know, is she just being this and that? How you know? How did she get to tour with this band and that? And the last thing a lot of people want to think is, oh, she must work hard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that is a little more of, of the oppression I deal with and, and how to deal with that and still be as, as rebunctious and, and loud and, and entertainer that I want to be without people trying to judge me one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so in general, as far as your music, you, you decided to make uh, the big jump into music you moved from hawaii to california to really pursue uh music full-time make it your career make it your life uh what was what was the big push that made you say all right i gotta i gotta do this this is this is what i've got to do was there was there a critical point or was it just like yeah hmm. so, yeah i think that you know when i moved to california i started doing the, the open mic circuit Mm-hmm. And um, my, you know, my boyfriend at the time, uh, he he had proposed to me, and then about two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. Mm. So things got a little serious. Obviously, um, we we got married right away. You know, we were living with my parents. We had my daughter. Then he uh, he had graduated college, so he got a really great job in downtown San Diego. We moved into our own place, and basically, I I spent you know two years as a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and you know i love it and i i have a huge uh respect for that for stay-at-home moms but i just i started getting like the itch you know and i i knew that that's not something i could permanently do and i knew that my time was, was going by and i was you know 23 at the time mm-hmm. and i thought okay i you know if i don't pursue music now i don't know if I'll, I'll see any success pursuing it later when it's more expedient, you know, when my daughter's a little older. And, and so I, I told my husband, you know, I, I think, I, you know, I want to make a demo and I want to just see if there's any interest in, in the scene for somebody like me. And, um, you know, it was very, it was, I was in a very supportive relationship. So my husband was very much like, okay, fine, let's do it. And, and then once we, we uh, built this demo, and, and uh, I had my first tour offer. Basically, you know, he, he quit his job. We moved back in with my parents, and at that point, there was no going back. There was mm-hmm. no plan B, and if music was going to be our source of, of joy and hopefully income one day, then that was something we were going to do wholeheartedly, yeah. especially because I wasn't going to jeopardize my, my, my daughter's childhood over something that was more more of just you know me maybe trying to trying to take back some some years that i didn't get to spend maybe in college or something something i I was worried about like am i doing this because i want to you know tour and party or am i doing this because i want to really fulfill a career and also impact lives in the way that i i feel like i was born to do so yeah yeah um that was definitely the turning point for me Nice. Well, you you mentioned it. Uh, you know, you became a mom right at about the same time, uh, which which is bananas because you know I can't remember to show up to the office on time or nope. put on the right pair of pants. Right. Nope. And you're touring and momming at the same time. Is that is that yep. a is that a tough thing? I mean, I I I gather that it's a tough thing. How tough is that I think, to balance I think the that two? Going through the most is tough. 
I think being an individual that suffered from, you know, being bipolar and being just overly sensitive and being an empath, I think that's what makes it difficult because I'm constantly wondering if my balance of, you know, am I giving my daughter enough attention? Am I giving my fans enough attention? Am I putting out music fast enough? Is my band happy? Are we growing fast enough? Are we, you know, all these things, the thoughts that are in my head are what makes it difficult because that's, at the end of the day, I, I am a mom. I am a musician. I do tour. I, I do homeschool or tour school, I guess you could say. I am somehow paying my rent on barely anything for a musician's budget and yeah. you know i'm making it happen yeah ways somehow hustling and i'm and i'm very proud of that but on a on a self-love scale i would say that's the part that i struggle with and and realizing you know i can take a step back and and, and look at everything that i've, I've accomplished alongside an amazing and, and be okay with where i'm at just in the moment you know? yeah yeah so your daughter does go on tour with you she does. She does most of them. She doesn't do like the blackout tours, you know, like the, the icy winter tours. Yeah. But so, so, but, um, so she had is... a pretty sweet life. I mean, when she's not on tour with us, she's flying to Hawaii or staying in California. She's pretty stoked. So she really, really enjoys the, the tour life? Does she seem to really like it? Hmm. She does. I mean, she doesn't know any better. This is, <laughs> this is, her, this is her norm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised, you know, when she's getting three hours of sleep like any of us, she's still got a huge smile on her face. <laughs> so she knows how to nap at, at the blink of an eye. You know, if I could tell her, okay, close your eyes, take a nap. Within 10 minutes, we're both fast asleep. <laughs> and I would I would argue that we're the best nappers on, on the tour. What? Oh, <laughs> man, that's impressive. That's impressive. I used, yeah. I had a roommate that he could go out in a second, like... You'd be talking to him, turn around, pour a drink, look back, exactly. and he'd be asleep. Yeah. And I'd be like, what? How did that happen? Exactly. I'm so envious yeah. of that. I'm horrible at that. I can't go to sleep for any... It takes me, you know, like an hour of preparation. Even if I'm super yeah. tired, it takes me forever. Yeah. It's a good good skill well, to have. Yeah, I was definitely like that before I had her. I, I, I say, I would argue that I'd never taken a nap, not even when I was sick, yeah. before I had my daughter. And then... You know, you keep hearing the saying of, you know, you sleep one day, sleep. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then, you know, you realize, no, that that's actually, that just happened. <laughs> so true. Instinctual. So as soon as my, my kid would fall asleep, I would stop sleep with her. And, and I'm glad that's something that I, I can still do because tour life is is hard. You know, one one day you're getting one hour of sleep, the next day you're you're in a bus and you're getting 12 hours of sleep. Yeah. You, know? you got to get it where you can. I understand. Exactly. Uh, so... The first person uh, in your band, I found this interesting, first person that you uh, took in in your band was Chris Hampton, uh, your saxophone player. Uh, now, yeah. no disrespect to, to Charlie Parker and Kenny G and all the other saxophone players out there, nope. but you don't really usually build a band around a saxophone player. So was it just <laughs> that Chris was so good that you were like, you know what, yeah, he's coming in? Or was it that you just knew already that you were going to have this big horn section, so you're so, like, yeah, this goes? I'll, I'll start by saying I think he took me in more than I took him in. And then, <laughs> secondly, um, when I met him, I met him on this site called Bandmix, which is essentially the Craigslist for musicians. Yeah. And um, I saw his demo reel, and he basically was producing, he was playing the sax and he was playing the keys. Mm -hmm. 
and I heard all those. I heard the trifecta, and I reached out to him. I want to say two months later, he finally saw my message. And was like, yeah, I'm interested. Like, what's up? What do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I mean, kind of want to write music and maybe gig. And he was like, down. So he, he played keys in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, we we did gigs under Trish Trish Taycott, which is my my maiden name. And yeah. um, we, we started out that way. And then when I got with uh, Ian Young, who produced my first um, album, Chris was playing the sax. And then we linked up with Andrew, our trombone player. And so, yeah, my first two members were my brassist. Hilarious. Nice. Because I think at that point, you just know you're, you're never going to have a small band. Yeah. Yeah. So why not go all and out? So, Get them all. Yeah. So we went all out. And so started out with saxophone and we built there. Nice. Nice. Now, since you started touring as a group, I'm always interested. Has there been a time... Uh, that you found out that you were touring with somebody because you're 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 touring with slightly stupid tribal seeds and modest Yahoo now, which Sweet. awesome in in the world of reggae, awesome musicians right there. Have you ever started touring with somebody and you found out you were touring with them? And you were like, oh, what? Like you were starstruck about how amazing a person you were playing with. I mean, obviously these people are, are big in in the in the world. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh. I, I talk about it all the time, but my first real wow moment was my first tour ever. And that that was because I was touring with Tribal Seeds and they were, they were, you know, I would, I would argue that Tribal Seeds and Revolution um, were my top two biggest inspirations as, as, as songwriters. That's mm-hmm. the that I thought I wanted to be just like. Yeah. So when Tribal Seeds took us on tour, I mean, I was literally out in the audience every night. <laughs> Wait, what? Like they they wouldn't even want to look at me because I would they would just crack up. Oh god, like, she's back again. Like, front Jesus. row, <laughs> front row, like hungry, so hungry, too hungry, probably just out there every single night, like the kids that I was when I saw them, and <laughs> the the absolute honor it is to see them play. So. For me, that that was my first wow. But honestly, every single tour we've taken has been a wow moment. Because there are so many great musicians and artists on in this reggae community. And I mean, we're just so blessed. Yeah. (laughs) I just just keep seeing the other fans at that Tribal Seeds concert being like, "Didn't, didn't I just see her up? Wasn't she performing just now? And now she's freaking out with us about tribal seeds. What happened? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I read in an interview where you said uh, that you met a fan who was suffering uh, from six six tumors, and they shared with you that your music was the reason that they got out of bed and that you were their medicine. And I was like, man, that is an impactful statement. Like, what do you... S- what do you say to somebody that that tells you that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What what can you accept that you're very thankful that your music can be of of help in that way? Yeah. At the same time, you you know, there's a level of you know, it's not like you feel sorry. I mean, obviously, you feel sorry that anybody has to go through any sort of pain, but you don't want to be. A mar- you know, you don't want to be the kind of person that they probably already have around them all the time. People that are just 
you know, really sorry for them yeah. and being extra sensitive. So you kind of want to embody the artist that they think you are. So you're chirpy and you're happy and you're hugging them and you're going, you know, do you want to watch side page? Do you want to watch in the back? Like, what do you need? Like, yeah. hey, do you want to drink or do you want to slip? Like, yeah. you know, and you want to give them that, that artist experience that they, they are probably imagining that you, yeah. you are. And um, I actually was tagged in a post that that same guy, um, he... He wrote a post yesterday, actually, um, and it was basically, he was like, you know, I don't want anybody to feel bad for me, but, you know, I've never had heart problems before, and I have heart problems right now. Oh, Jesus. My whole, and I have pneumonia, my whole right lung is full, full of fluid. Um, I just want to send a message out saying that I love you guys. I'm not sure if if this is finally it. I'm feeling like this is probably it, oh. um, but thanks for the memories, and then it's just a whole swipe of of, of concerts and, and places that he's been and people that he's seen and it's he's managed to make it as long as he has going in and out of a remission yeah. and you know time goes by and I forget people all the time like it's not that I forgot him but I just wasn't thinking about him and yeah. you know his his um, sister-in-law tagged me and said you know we send him for love and I in my head I'm like oh my gosh yeah he's still around that's crazy I'm so happy like i can i can send him a message and that he'll read it yeah and all, all we can do is just hope the best you know that you you know whatever outcome that he's just in no pain or that at least he found comfort in 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 you know everything that he's he's experienced and you know it's, it's one of those things like yeah that I, you know cancer I, cancer is, is is the devil and and it sucks it's, well, you know everybody seems to be going through it or or dealing with someone who is it well, I mean, you know. I got a feeling that's got to propel you as an artist. I mean, I feel like it would propel me if I knew that somebody in that serious of a situation was that, you know, dedicated to me and that, you know, uh, influenced by my music. I'd say, man, can't stop now. Can't stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? crazy. And people have people have some crazy stories out there, you know, and they seek out they seek out artists to really help them up and through it you know exactly so let's talk about the new art the new album is dreamer uh coming out here really in just a matter of uh matter of weeks yes! uh so how does this album compare to wandering soul uh what what stayed the same uh what's what's changed hmm. so as far as writing i i was able to collaborate a lot more on this next one Writers and they go by the drive. Mm-hmm. That's their their name. And um, Mark and Nate, the two guys. And I was absolutely thrilled um, when basically their their publisher at the time had reached out and they had heard my music on the radio in Hawaii. And mm-hmm. she was on vacation and she was like, you know, I think you're a great songwriter and I think you would benefit from, you know, possibly developing your songwriting craft with a couple of top liners mm-hmm. and I'm like oh yeah of course it helped me co-write a lot of on this next album and I do feel like I was able to express myself a lot better and write stuff that was so pure yeah and say this next one is a little more on the side yeah but with that being said the, the reggae tunes are really reggae and they're really good sweet and so Individually, I feel like I was able to express more of my emotional roller coaster ride 
in words than I ever have, and I, I'm really stoked on that. Yeah. And then in general, as a band, we've really developed and were able to put a lot of that influence, up, you know, especially in post-production and, and really bring this, this album to, like, the next level that we were hoping it would. Yes. And, you know, it's always like, are you going to top the one before? Is yeah. it going to be the same? Or do you worry that people are going to think, you know, oh, they're selling themselves out? And it's like, it's, <laughs> it's never like that. It's just... An artist is constantly trying to better themselves. Yeah. And things happen and and emotions change. And, and I'm really stoked on, on the next one for sure. Yeah. Well, so uh, one of the singles that you've released, uh, we're going to listen to here in just a couple minutes is I'm Messed Up. Uh, fantastic song. Yes! And uh, Thank you. I think it's a song everybody should be able to relate to. Um, if they can't, they're lying to themselves. So true. Um, what what made you want to write this song? Yeah, I mean, um, I was going through a really dark time. I was homeless, and and not in the, in the great sense of I was panhandling on the street. Yeah, um, I just didn't have a place. I had a storage unit. I couldn't afford rent. Um, so it was really rough. I was living out of a suitcase for a year and a half, mm-hmm. like literally never unpacking. Yeah. And um, I was activated. I was trying to find a place to live, and I was being rejected mm-hmm. constantly. I mean, my and my credit score, which is already not so good, was just plummeting yeah. from all the, the applications I was filling out. And yeah. It was just a matter of all of that and being home and not actually having a home. Yeah. And I wanted to write a song about how imperfect my life was. It, we were jamming. My bass player came up with that bass line, and... We um, started playing it at a rehearsal, and I just was crying, and, and the words were just blowing out. Yeah. And yeah. I wrote it just based on that, just writing it out to the, the, the mentally incapable <laughs> Trish and everyone who could relate to that. Yeah. You know? well, and I mean, I think, obviously, there's always different levels. It's just like the guy that we mentioned with, uh, uh, with uh, working through cancer. Everybody has different levels of it, but I mean, I think everybody should be able to relate to that, to be able to look at themselves and say, man, this is <laughs> screwed up. You know, like... Exactly. I, I, I think I it's... Mean, I think you, you hit a bottom, right? You hit a rock bottom, yeah. and you're like, so well, this is where I am. Yeah. This is me, and I, I'm done. I'm done bickering. I'm done. I'm done feeling sorry for myself. At this point, I can only go up, so... Thank- Exactly. Cheers. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, you're you're touring right now, like I said, with Slightly Stupid Tribal Seeds, Modest Yahoo. Sadly, you've already went through uh, Florida, so if the listeners missed you, uh, they, they missed the great opportunity to go see you guys. Um, but I saw you had a fuel leak on the bus when you were in Florida. Um, did you guys fix yeah. that fuel leak? Yeah, I mean, she's running strong now. We had like five breakdowns. Oh, um, yeah. on our way to Florida and on our way out of Florida oh. and on our way to, I think we were going through New York to New Hampshire when we had the the the, the actual like fuel like the one where she was spraying spitting out <laughs> yeah. fuel everywhere. Jeez. Yeah. Um, well, I saw your. Yeah, we got through. It was definitely a rough, rough start of tour, and we were like inhaling fumes and couldn't breathe. <laughs> It was just, uh, it was a nightmare, but I think we really needed it. 
because now we're just really stoked. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw your bass player Andy. He went about saving the day. That's uh, that's always handy, yes. apparently, when you have a mechanic at all that that, that moonlights as a bass I mean, player. He's not, not a <laughs> so true. Like a certified mechanic by any means. We we're just really blessed, you know, to play around a car. And I mean, now I would probably consider him a mechanic. <laughs> he's been through it. He's definitely been through it. Yeah. Well, you so, know, we put him in some high pressure situations. Yeah. In uh, fact, I want to thank my fans because during this whole thing, this ordeal, they were actually Venmoing us money and going like, treat yourself to breakfast, like coffee on us. Nice. Tell Andy by himself a case of beer. <laughs> Tell Andy his next drink is on me. Like Sweet. our fans were just Venmoing and nobody asked for money. Like we weren't, yeah. we weren't, you know, advertising it. And yeah. they were just really coming through and, and giving us that extra boost of, of just love and of, of, and of energy and stuff. And that was rad. So that is, that's awesome. Uh, so last question, I ask all my uh, my guests this. Uh, now, you've been living in San Diego for several years now, and uh, I always like to ask somebody that's been in their city for a while uh, where the best food locations are of an area uh, because I like basically to make my way around the country eating my way around the country. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> So if I'm coming to so, San Diego, where is the place that I need to eat? Where are you going to send me? Depending on what you like. There okay. are so many. I would say that if you're going as far as San Diego, mm-hmm. go an extra 50 minutes south and start at Tijuana. Okay. Go to Tijuana, go to Rosito, get yourself the bomb tacos. Nice. Nice. Like get it, get it on the street. Okay. Get it chopped up right there in front of you. Um, experience that because that's that's Baja, like that's where San Diego gets its, its um, food inspiration. That's the source, and then obviously in San Diego, you're not going to go wrong with any of the Mexican nope. yeah. restaurants and the little drive-through carne asada burrito spots. Like, and then you know the Baja fish tacos. Yeah, the, the fish like the um, the taco trucks are just going to be out of this world. I mean. And then, like, if you like Asian food, we got Convoy, mm. which is amazing if you love ramen and revolving sushi and dim sum, like, just, oh, mouth-watering. So and many. then if you love your gastro pub, you know, you've got your East Village and your, your gas lamp quarter. Yeah. Or you're going to get, like, your micro-brews and your really good burgers and mm-hmm. cracked eggs and farm-fed beef and blah, 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 like, all, <laughs> you know, sustainably raised. We're very like conscious, which is rad. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's an. I mean, I've been to San Diego several times, and it always it does. It always brings the food, man. So many different flavors. Yeah, love it. I love it. Uh, Trish, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you for taking the time to be on our show. We really do appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. Listeners, if you didn't check her out while uh, they were down in Florida, try to check out Hyrie. You can keep up with uh, tour dates at HyrieMusic.com, and you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Hyrie Music. Right now, let's take a listen to that new single, I'm Messed Up, right here on the Doc G Show.
Crazy about the girl outside my window When she passes by and waves so mellow I can tell she loves her life While I'm cleaning up the mess in mine But even if I quit my nine to five though And broke out of my lease to ride in solo Still be a woman in distress Just looping on infinite mess Cause I mess up the time, mess up on the rent I'm messing up the moments where life's got me spent I wanna go home, crawl straight into bed Catch up on the sleep that I'll never get And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Hi, Ri. You just heard her new single, I Messed Up. Fantastic single. Thanks again to Hi, Ri for coming on the show. And Dave, I was I was wrong. 
I thought I'd nailed it. I thought she was high re because her band was high re and people just didn't know the difference. Nope. Here I am. Yeah, you I mean you know sometimes Tim- you're you're not always right, but you know, Damn. awesome song, awesome interview. I'm big. Shout out to high re. I'm big enough to admit it. Nope. I also am very saddened to find out that we're not cool enough to properly pronounce ukulele. Nope. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not even going to try because my, my lips don't and tongue don't move that way. I feel like when I said that, she was a little like, yeah, it's because you're not awesome. And I was like, So true. Not Basically. awesome. I'm not awesome. <laughs> but it's all right because she is. <laughs> and she's out on tour and she's dominating the world. Yes! And her album's going to come out and it's going to be awesome too. Yes! Uh, thanks to her again for coming on the show. Uh, Dave, are you ready? It's third birthday, Sue. What am I ready for? Okay, let's do it. Okay, this is another Biggie, and it's not Biggie Smalls, no. Um, born June 26, 1980, in Newport News, Virginia. He grew up uh, in the east end of the city, which had a high rate of violence and crime. Her birthday, Sue, where loved playing sports. That's where he got away from that violence and crime, especially football. Her birthday, Sue, where ended up going to Homer L. Ferguson High School, but he had to transfer after his freshman year to Warwick High School. Nonetheless, his freshman year, he threw for over 400 yards a game. Wait, what? He ended up getting a scholarship to Virginia Tech and led them to a national championship in 1999. Just the game. Michael Vick. There it is. Michael uh, Vick is correct. Of course going to say birthday suit wearers drafted number one by the Atlanta Falcons 1999 played for five years with the Falcons until he was suspended from the NFL sent to prison for dog fighting came back NFL uh, Philadelphia Eagles 2009 2013 pro bowler Michael Vick and you know what you know what you got to tip the hat to a guy that redeems himself you know He's, oh, yeah, for he's, sure. He's walked a straight line. I mean, it was bad, obviously. Uh, horrible what happened to the dogs uh, at his at his house uh, in those fights. But at the same time, he owned up to it. Owned up to it completely. Mm-hmm. 100%. I yeah. mean... And yeah, and has done a lot to make up for it since then. Exactly. You know, Fights as for a, animal as a dog rights owner. now. Exactly. Yep, I appreciate that. And, uh, and you know, little uh, sixth grade, seventh grade David definitely had a, uh, you know, Michael Vick jersey. So. Yes! Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, and good Lord, was he fast. That's a fact. I mean. Goodness gracious. Such, such so, a magician. So fast, so agile. Yeah, yeah. Such a magician, especially those first few years on on the Falcons. Holy, holy Mm -hmm. Lord. Crazy. Anyways, nonetheless, turn to the big 3-9. One more year of the the 30s. One more year of the 30s for Michael Vick. He could probably still play, too. I bet he runs like a 4-4 still. You know, and I mean, I think it shows from the high school years, uh, he wasn't just a runner. Nope. That man could throw. Yes! He could throw accurately yeah. and throw far. Mm-hmm. I mean, 400 yards a game. Crazy. Jeez. As a 14-year-old. Exactly. Hey, I'm the freshman, and I'm going to start, <laughs> and I'm going to throw 400 yards. Like, ridiculous. That's a fact. Anyways, happy birthday, Michael Vick. Uh, yeah, happy birthday. 
Dave, this is the part oh, of the Oh, and I had those cleats, Wait, too. What? I forgot all oh, the cleats that had the strap go around the shoe. Oh, okay. Uh, I was confused for a second. I thought you said I had to sleep. Word. And I was like, what? No, no, no. His cleats. His yeah. cleats. <laughs> I was like... You'll have to put a picture up on like on the Instagram with look, the cleats. They're, they're nice. They're really nice. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I I didn't like them. Maybe they'll... Th I, I, mm, I don't know. Maybe they'll come they back with back. retros. You yeah, know? they retroed them. Yeah. You should get yourself a pair of retros, man. So true. You should do it. I thought about it. You should do it. Uh, Dave, this is a part of the show where I tell you about the awesome shows coming up. And we've got awesome yeah, shows tell me coming about up. It, man. We've got uh, plenty in the works. I'm still working on Chuck D, man. Girl, come I'm on. gonna I'm You can do it. I'm gonna get that can. lunker. I'm gonna do it. Yes! Um we've got we've got Jim we we've got my hero zero coming up. Yes! Very excited about that. That's that's next week. Um, we've got some other things in the works. I've got some great shows coming up. Uh, big news. Dave, are you ready for the big news? Hmm. Dude, let's break the break the big news. Justin's coming back. Yeah. Justin's, Woo! Justin's coming That's back. That's what I'm talking about. We, we've got a couple more shows to go without Justin. Solo from Justin. But he's coming back at the end of July. I'm very excited about it. Uh, coming back from the Philippines. Uh, <laughs> what? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, just... You, do you want me to make up a fake story about what Justin's been doing? Yeah, you have to. That that on his on his intro back. Okay. We need a long fake story. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna make up a story. I'm I'm putting it down in notes. I'm putting it down in notes. There you go. Okay. Uh, but that's very exciting. I can't wait for him to come back, and it's coming very soon. Uh, listeners, it's time to end the show. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burles Berlin. Guys, go end your Wednesday doing something really manly. Mm. And ladies, just because you're a lady doesn't mean you can't do something manly too. Exactly. So you go do something manly too. Yeah, gender equality. That's what we're all about. Yes! Gender up. freaking equality. Yeah. Yeah. Take something that's manly and make it womanly. Make it womanly. There you go. You know? Do womanly. it. Womanly. I like that. Into, do it. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. A zippity doo dah.